Yeah, I think, but if you don't start very young to learn to manage with your emotions when you lose or when you don't get what you want, then it's very hard when you're adult to manage with that. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. Today, I have a beautiful young guest, a beautiful lady who I met in London in uh, July last year and instantly liked because she exudes positivity and happiness. And she is a top-level athlete. She's an entrepreneur, a speaker. She referred the final of the Women's World Cup in 2019. And I don't know what else she does, and we're going to find out now in this interview. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Manuela Nicolosi. Buongiorno. <laughs> Buongiorno. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. It's a very pleasure to be here with you today. So thank you for taking the time to do it. So, Manuela, I always ask the same question, everybody, usually at the beginning. When was the first time you were on a plane? How old were you? Do you remember? On a plane? Um, yeah, I think I was, I think, four or five years old. Yeah, it was the first time, you know, during summer holidays. Then I went to my uncle's house for holidays. So I took that plane, yeah, okay. alone. I mean, with the, yeah, but... Yeah, I was very young. I think that was the meaning that I had to fly a lot in my life. <laughs> because then you started flying a lot in your life. But tell me something. You are a very, very pretty young lady because I don't want to sound in any way um, degrading. But isn't it a problem sometimes when you are a football referee to be so pretty? <laughs> <laughs> If I can be honest with you, it's true that maybe at the beginning, as it was mainly a male ward being a referee, I tried not to hide my femininity, but yeah, to be less feminine than usual during a game. And then one day I was not feeling comfortable with that because I, I love refereeing, I love football. And then I, I didn't understand why I did have to not make my makeup on or not having my nails done. And so I was like, uh, okay, I need to change because I have the, the, the game. But nobody had never told me that, okay? So, and then one day I just realized, but why do I have to do that? Nobody asked me for that. I don't feel myself doing that. And it was maybe because I was one of the first ones, one of the first women started. So I didn't have any model, any role model, you know, to compare or to do, to do say, I will do like that. So one day I just said, okay, you know what? I'm going to be myself. So nails done, makeup. And I mean, nobody said nothing. I was feeling much better myself. So yeah, from that day, I started again to be myself. Okay. Sometimes, you know, some people can say, oh, you are feminine, uh, you are nice, but at the same time, you're making a mainly male job. And I say, yeah, I think we can be whatever we want. We can be both. It doesn't mean that if we are in a male or mainly male world, it means that we have to be less feminine. Why not? We add something to that world. 
I think so. <laughs> this is exactly why I ask this stupid question, kind of, you know, it may have sounded a little provocative or whatever, but but this is exactly true. Why should we be somebody else for something that we do? Because, you know, why don't we stay ourselves? And I read, I was going through your social media and through the stuff you do, and you said somewhere, sport is instrumental in breaking gender barriers and brings people together. And I think that is a very, very good phrase. I mean, that's very well said because it's it's time to bring down those gender barriers. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's not a question of gender anymore. It's just a question of ability, capability or training on mindset. So if we um, do train the same way or if we are have the same focus, the same mindset. I think that it's true. Okay, physically, we are different, men and women. But I, I really think that, yeah, in, in any sport, we can add, any of us can add different things. So we uh, we can be compatible. We can be, you know, not one against the other, but work together for the yeah. aim of the sport, for the love of the sport. So it's, yeah, I think that uh, the fact that also in football we have more and more women, it's just becoming finally more normal to have women <laughs> as referees, but also is adding something, something different. It's also showing to young girls that you can be feminine, you can be uh, like a CEO, you can be a referee, you can be whatever you want. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, to be less feminine or less girly or less women. Uh, then it doesn't mean, of course, uh, not uh, everybody want to be uh, with makeup or with nails done. And I'm totally happy with that. We can be whatever we want, whatever makes us happy. And I think that in the sport is really the place where the gender equality can be easier and also a leading, because and a leading example a leading yeah, example exactly yeah. exactly yeah. exactly yeah. exactly so um this is this is so true because what you said we can all be anything we want to be but we have to make an effort because nobody is ever going to knock on our door and say hey would you like to be an athlete or would you like to be a leader would you like to be an entrepreneur we need to get up and move and and get things done and and i think because you are Apart from being an athlete, you are also an entrepreneur. Do you think that discipline that you learn as an athlete helps being a better entrepreneur? I absolutely do. Yeah. Because being an athlete, I had to really to be hard with myself. I I make you an example. Um, now I am part of an association that goes to um, secondary schools, talking with uh, uh, young girls and young boys about yeah, believe in their dreams, okay? So asking for their passion, sharing my experience. So really yesterday I was in a school. And so at the end of my uh, uh, experience sharing, I asked for their passion. And then one young girl told me, yeah, I would love to become um, an athlete myself, but I want my Sunday with my friends. And then I say, I know, I, I understand what you mean. But it's also true that it depends on what you really want. I mean, there is nothing wrong with that. But it's true that you, if you decide to give more space to something else, it's not going that direction. So if your final goal is to arrive in the first division 
of that sport and, and to become top athlete, then you have to make some decision and to to change something. When I started refereeing, all my Sunday morning, I was alone on a pitch, not going out with my friend the day before. I knew that it was maybe at the beginning hard, but I knew that I wanted to become someone one day. So the thing that I did in refereeing, yeah, I applied the same in my job. I say, okay, w- which is my goal? I want to, like my goal at the beginning was to, wow, the dream of refereeing the final of the World Cup. And I did it. <laughs> but wow, how many things, how many nights I didn't go out with my friends. But then I said, okay, but my aim was that one. So I think that sport and job, really are are very similar because you need, if you want to achieve a goal, you need to have a discipline. You need to be consistent. And if you are not in sport or in your job, of course, you're not going to reach your goals. It doesn't mean that you are better or worse. It just means that you give more importance to one thing rather than another. It depends on what is important to you. Yeah, it's all about priorities, isn't it? And and uh, deciding what you really want and, and then really, really go for it and, and be consistent. Consistency is key, isn't it? It's and as you say, you know, there, I'm sure there were many times where you would have maybe liked to go out or, or I don't know, maybe drink alcohol or whatever. But you know why you are doing this. And I think this is a very, very important word. I think generally in I'm a coach and in many generally in life, we need to know our why. Why are we doing something? And you mentioned young people. And I think sometimes young people are a little lost, especially in today's world with all the social media and, you know, everybody's showing off because people don't show their real life and social media. We all show our highlights, don't we? And I think it's a little hard sometimes. And I think what you're doing for young people and going to speak to them is very good because they need some kind of direction and a role model. I, I totally agree. When this association called me to be a role model, to go and speak in the schools, I say immediately, yes, of course, I would love to. Because when I also was at the secondary, secondary school, I didn't have any role model or anything that could say, oh, yeah, I want to become like that or maybe better or achieve more. Yes, this is the aim to always achieve higher. So, and yeah, yesterday, for example, some young girls had already passions and others didn't know. They said, oh, maybe I want to become a a dancer, but mm, my family doesn't want to. I say, okay, but what makes you happy? Mm -hmm. To dancing or other things? Mm-hmm. So refereeing, being on a pitch makes me happy. When I enter into the football pitch, wow, I have so much good feelings that I say, this is where I want to be. <laughs> Even with rainy day, uh, snowing day <laughs> or whatever, this makes me happy. So um, every time I go on a pitch, I say, okay, I, I'm glad I took the right decision to be consistent and making a lot of efforts to to stay here. It is it's not easy, but makes me happy. So <laughs> that is true. And to sacrifice. And that's, you know, sometimes you just need you, you, you know, as you say, you can't always have the cake and eat it. Sometimes you can, but generally it needs discipline and sacrifice and consistency. Now let's talk a little bit about you were in Tokyo, weren't you? Yes. Yes, yes, I did. How did you feel when you walked into a stat stadium in Tokyo? 
Okay, in Tokyo was a bit strange because it was during COVID or just after COVID. So the stadium were empty or almost empty. Oh, so yeah, that's right. Yeah. I totally forgot. But you were also in Rio. Rio, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to uh, refereeing, I traveled almost all the world. So yeah. Okay, Rio was totally different. Rio was real. There yeah. <laughs> 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 no, that was really um, amazing also because football is the only sport that plays in different cities. While all the other sports are uh, in that city, like for example in Rio, was all in Rio, in the Olympics center, okay, uh, football uh, football matches are played in different stadiums. So I had the... Uh, yeah, the pleasure, the honor to go and refereeing the Brazilian team in the Amazon uh, forest. That was amazing. We flew there. We saw the Rio Grande and the Rio Negro. And uh, I was so, wow. I say, wow, this is amazing. Being in the forest also, the Amazonian forest was amazing. So, and the stadium was full because, of course, we were refereeing the Brazilian team. So that was really a, an amazing experience. Uh, and what I loved, uh, a lot is also that I was three times yes in Japan. Then this summer I'm going to Australia and New Zealand for the Women World Cup. So I never been before, and uh, yeah, I'm very I'm very happy. Okay, we when we are there, we're really focused on the trainings, on the matches, uh, on, uh, on everything. Of course, on, we're focused on our job, but traveling there, being there. Sharing the culture, sharing the food, because it's uh, also different food. When I was in Japan, I was uh, two times in Japan for Youth Olympics and uh, for another tournament. Wow, completely different from my culture. So, and I say, if I wasn't a referee, I I, I don't think I would have traveled so, so much. So, yeah, it was amazing. I think that I, I love... Uh, new culture. I love asking to people, how do you live here? What are the the normal things here that maybe for them are normal, for, for us they are not. So yeah, I, I love this sharing uh, mm. cultural experience. Yes. And I believe that understanding other people's cultures also helps us understand each other so much more and not um, you know, understand at the end of the day that we are all the same and we all have the same dreams and hopes and, and that we all want to be happy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and, um, and do you get time, and, like when you go, as you said, now you're going to New Australia, New Zealand, obviously yeah. you're going for your work. Do you do you get a few days? Do you get some time to have a look around or is it is it mostly work? Yeah, sometimes because during uh, between some games, we have uh, like two or three days of break. So in that case, we have one day off. And uh, and in that case, we we can we can go around. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, my first World Cup was in Canada and it was in Vancouver for 40 days. I love Vancouver. Mm, yeah. I do too. <laughs> and an amazing city. And uh, yeah, people are very, very nice. And uh, I love also it's a city for sport because what was really uh, wow, shocking in a very good way for me was that along the ocean, you have not only the uh, pedestrian part you have the 
for those that go with rollerblade, with those that go jogging, with for those that go cycling. So everybody has a specific lane. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Not like in Italy or in Cyprus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same. And then I was told that every building where you have office, they have a gym. Mm-hmm. And for people, it's normal putting the agenda that they go to the gym during the office time. And so people, they know that they don't book any meeting during that time. And I was shocked. And I was say, wow, this is so good to give so much importance to health and to sport to people. Because it's true. More people are happy and health and they, the more they, they work happily. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is what many, many people don't understand. I mean, when people are healthy, they are happier. And I think especially during COVID, we have actually realized that we are responsible for our health, you know, that our immune system depends on us. It's not somebody else. Of course, there is always a pill, but that's not the, that's not the idea, I think. You know, being this like what you say, having having a gym at the office and going because you see, this is also another thing that I always say. Um, just because it's there doesn't mean that people use it. That's true. That's you true. have to make an effort to go and use it. We have nobody is nobody is, as I said before, nobody is going to come and tell you to go to the gym. You have to go. It's there. And it's, uh, you know, I talk about that, like we know each other from the Global Woman Club, for example. And um, I always say when people become a member, that doesn't mean that they're going to be that it's going to help them. They have to do the work. I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you become a referee, if you don't go on training every day, you're not going to rain on a pitch. No, <laughs> so and, you need and... to go rain, uh, tra- sorry, training. When I had a, a full-time job, because then I had to, to change, of course, because of all the charge uh, for traveling, for refereeing. But when I had the full-time job, I went training either at 6 in the morning or at 10 p.m. So that is not easy because your mind is tired because you are tired. But you say, okay, what's my aim? Okay, the game on Sunday. So six in the morning, you put your alarm on and you go training. And people say, you're crazy. Why are you you doing that? Or during the lunchtime, two hours. And then my colleagues say, why are you going two hours? It's too cold or it's too hot or it's raining. I say, I know, but I have to do that. But other people were looking at me like, are you a la- an alien or <laughs> what? And I say, no, I just have a goal. <laughs> yeah, and you're determined. You know what you want. And I think knowing what you want is, is one of the secrets of successful people, you know, knowing why and knowing where you want to go. Another thing that I'd like to, that I want to touch is hooligans, because there are people in, in football, people who come and watch football who cause trouble. And I think they are very few they are not the majority, but they give the sport a bad name. Or what? Don't you agree? Uh, I can say that we are lucky in women's football. We don't have this, at least so far. It, what was really beautiful to see, for example, in the Euro in England, was that there were family, families going to the stadium, and also from different, from the two different teams, the families were all together. Also in the stadium, they were all together. So that is really beautiful because it means that they go there just to enjoy the game, just to support the team. So that is really, really healthy. <laughs> okay, that is really good. In men's football, unfortunately, maybe because of the uh, financial, you know, 
they have much more money inside. So, yeah, unfortunately, you have some hooligans that are making trouble. So that that's really a pity when you heard that before a game or after a game, there was some mass confrontation, yeah, with some hooligans of the two teams. So that's 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 really pity. I do think that they don't go to the stadium for, for the enjoying the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just yeah. go with the aim of having a fight with the other with the other supporters. So it's it's another aim. I I don't know. I never understood this, but I think that behind there are some yeah some reasons. But I can say that in women's football, it's not like this. So. That is very interesting what you are saying, that um, it could be just frustration and it has nothing to do with football or looking for confrontation just to be able to whatever. There is there, there may be many, many reasons behind and sometimes it just escalates and it's a real shame because it's a beautiful sport. But of course, as you also say, money may be a factor and uh, it may be more in or, or it is more in, in men's football. But um it's just unfortunate that these few give the sport sometimes, not just the sport, but there is always a few people in the world who can make turn something into a bad thing, you know, whereas the, the majority of people mean well and, and enjoy it. And, and yeah. you know, it's a sport. And I always felt also with my kids, I feel that a sport is a good thing to learn how to lose. You know, to understand, it's not just about winning; it's also being able to cope with losing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think this is why I think that it's very important when you're a kid also to play in uh, in teams, because in that way you learn to lose, you learn to win, you learn to compete, and you learn how to manage your emotions with losing. Mm-hmm. Because I think that I heard the quote that is really really blown my mind which is is not losing is not the fail you don't fail when you lose you fail when you don't try when you Mm -hmm. don't do the first step Mm and this is true because I also learn by many mistakes that I did of course we only learn from the mistakes we we are not uh, (laughs) if we were born all (laughs) perfect then what what can we learn nothing yeah I think but if you don't start very young to learn to manage with your emotions when you lose or when you don't get what you want, then it's very hard when you're adult to manage with that. Yeah. And you get frustrated, then you got that health. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think also for for parents who, um, you know, I, I my kids are grown up now, but it's also important that your children actually do fail and they do fall. And because if you clean all their path and you always take every obstacle out of their path, how are they ever going to learn? And it's kind of a flat life in a way when everything is organized for you. I think it's good to have, you know, to, to lose sometimes and to, to be frustrated. It's important. That's how you grow. Yeah, I totally agree. When you see many successful people, either men or women, they had such a trauma when they were kids. So maybe after they, you heard really so difficult story and then they became successful. But why? Because they got stronger. Mm-hmm. I think both of us, each of us has got stories. A story to Different tell. Stories yeah. With, uh, of course, traumas, with everything. 
And then it depends how you manage that. If you have somebody that is managing for you and you have to do nothing, or if you say yourself, okay, I, I got this, I'm managing this, I'm emotionally concerned by this, but then I put my emotion into the willing, into the, the strength, and I want to become someone. And really, when I read the story of all these successful people, what they went through, and I say, wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. what you become when you came from some difficult. I, I don't understand. I don't mean that you need to go towards very hard traumas to become successful, but it, it depends on how you react to everything, of course. It's not what happens to you, it's how to react to Always. Yeah, that is so very true. And and it doesn't have to be a, a big drama. And it's always relative to how we live. You know, it's it's I mean. Us in the Western world, our lives, when you look, our problems are on a very, very high level. When you look at people who I, you have traveled a lot and you have seen how hard it is in, 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 in the third world where people have nothing and they still get by, you know, because we, we have all the options. So it's important that we use them. Now, you, with all the traveling that you've done, do you have a favorite place or a favorite area in the world? As I said, I loved a lot Vancouver. Really, uh -huh. that was such a beautiful. I felt very safe and good, and really enjoying life in that uh, city. And really loved the fact that you had in the summer you had the ocean, and then in the winter you have the mountains just in front. And and I was told that this is lighted in the morning, very early in the morning, so people go there skiing and then go to the work. Uh, or after the walk, they go skiing. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so really people, from them, sport is so important. And as sport is so important for me, I think that city is really, I mean, where I've been. Mm -hmm. For sure, maybe there would be other, other cities like that. But in that city, I found myself in a really safe and, and good place. And it, it, I felt like, oh, I would love to come and live here. Then it's a bit far from Europe and also about the the time difference but really I love I love that I love also Japan it's where I also tried the real Japanese food because when we go to a sushi restaurant it is not the true <laughs> uh, food for Japanese so I tried the Japanese breakfast and lunch and I was like, wow, I love it. I, they are such a different culture from us. So I really love uh, Japan. Uh, also, everything is so clean and so amazing. Organized. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even sometimes a lot. <laughs> a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you are coming from a, one of my favorite countries in the whole mm -hmm. world. You're Italian. And I mean... Just looking at Italy, when you look at the whole length of Italy, it is so diverse and it's so different. But yes, I mean, and I live in Cyprus, even though I'm from Switzerland, but I live in Cyprus and our countries are not that well organized. Maybe that's why we like Japan and Canada. Which... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, even, um, even true, yeah, sometimes it is very very strict <laughs> yeah. even if you try to make them understand yes but there is a second way to do that you know in Italy oh yes yes <laughs> yeah in Italian style there is a way but then you are 
you have smart thinker and then we say okay uh-huh that way but then this is a, a shortcut <laughs> that's right and maybe you know somebody who can help you go through that shortcut <laughs> <laughs> it's all about who you know but uh, do you i mean you do like italy as well what is your Absolutely. favorite place in italy yeah, I, I didn't want to mention italy because of course uh, maybe <laughs> it's because my it's my home country but in italy you have such a variety of culture but because of the history because uh, italy was not one only country until <laughs> less than 200 years ago can you imagine that so it means that before it was um different countries in a country okay so each part of italy had the different Uh, influence like for example the south part of Italy has uh, had an influence for the Arabic so when you go to Sicily or when you go to the south of France you see uh, sorry in the south of Italy you see certain um, art or, or certain churches or, or diff some, so different from for example in Florence which is uh, so the uh, Renascimento the Renaissance so It's it's so completely different and uh, and then, okay and then don't talk about Rome. Rome is uh, where the highest number of uh, churches uh, and uh, monuments uh, from UNESCO uh, are in Italy and in Rome than in the in the rest of the world. So you have a church every 50 meters in Rome. And as I was born in Rome, it's true that when I lived there, I didn't realize that. And when, when, then when I started traveling and was back to it, to Rome, I was like, wow, how many things do I wow. in Rome? You don't realize that when you live in that city or when you are from that city, because for you it's normal to pass through the Colosseum or pass through the Piazza di Spagna or whatever. For you it's normal because you live there. But when you don't live there anymore and you go like a tourist, then you realize, wow such a beautiful things mm -hmm. it's it's it's, it's amazing Yeah I, yeah, I was just saying to a friend yesterday because it's nice when you have a visitor because when you have a visitor from somewhere, you go and show them and that's when you actually realize what a beautiful place you live in. And it it's good to be reminded of it once in a while. And I mean, as I said, Italy, it, it, you are my neighbors. I, I was born in Lucerne. We used to go to Italy for the weekends to to uh, to Lake Como or to, to Lake Garda. It's, we, can, we could drive there and the north of Italy, the whole of Italy is just beautiful we are coming to the end Manuela I want to know what is the future of uh, Manuela Nicolosi the <laughs> next thing you said you're going to um, Australia New Zealand what else yes. is on your cards what else is what are you planning to do um I'm writing a book okay yeah about uh what we have talked before so the uh, emotional uh yeah the emotional management so how to Use your emotions to focus really on your on on your goals, so not to get overwhelmed by your emotions. And this is what I learned during my uh, journey, I would say, as as referee. So, and then uh, there will be also, um, yeah, something about I don't know if uh, maybe I can un unveil this, but. Yes. May I ask you when this podcast will be live? It will be live in about a month. 
Ah, okay. Okay. So I can say that. Yeah. So that would be my first game in League One. Wow. So that will, yes, no, that we will make sure that it's in a month. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Because I can say this until next week. Okay. No, no, no. It's not going to be before <laughs> next week. It's all okay. good. Everything is under control. <laughs> that is amazing. And I'm very, very, you know, that book that you mentioned, because I think people like you have actually lived this. You know, many people write books, but they just sometimes, you know, they don't really have experienced in what they are writing about. But you really have as an athlete, knowing about discipline, knowing about um, emotions and how to channel those emotions. Do you have a name already, a title for your book or not yet? Um, not yet. Um, not yet. I haven't decided. I have three options. So because I don't know if uh, put a link with football or not. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you are ready, you will tell us. So, all the people who are listening, get in connect with Manuela Nicolosi and. She, I will be reading that book for sure, because I'm a huge fan of yours. I think you are an amazing young woman. I absolutely liked meeting you because you are friendly and approachable. And this is what, you know, I, I was, I, I'm talking a lot in lately about artificial intelligence and that things are going to be replaced by robots, but emotions and friendliness and kindness will never be replaced. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Thank you so much. It was a real, real pleasure to, to, to meet you. And I am so amazed from your energy. I mean, you are a person that are able to transmit your energy, your good energy also only looking at, at the picture of you when you are out of the sea. No, really, that's true. Every time I am on Facebook and they see you with your beautiful smile out of the sea or with friends, and you really give me such a good energy. And I'm like, I'm so happy she's one of my friends and I, and I met her. So really, I'm so glad I've met you. You are a fantastic person. Thank you so much. Uh, you are so energy. kind. And the people who are listening to, to, to this podcast, I did not tell her to tell this. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much for being on Most Memorable Journey today, Manuela Nicolosi. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.